rolling. We started. Is yeah, this we, it? We, we, this is yet, reasonable not yet, ignorance. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. We got you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Now. This is the ignorant shit you like. I am King Cooler. This is the ignorant shit you I'm like. I'm not This is the ignorant shit you like. Come on. <laughs> this is the ignorant shit you like. You know the movie has when a motherfucker got a nine chasing a chicken. Bombs. Reasonable Ignorance Podcast. Episode two zero zero. The original crew is back together again. We got Matt Mercado on on the engineering board. Magic Mike's to my left. Wow, that's crazy. Two hundred episodes. God damn! How much money did we just spent? Wow. I'm not gonna do the math. I did it already. Please, <laughs> please, <laughs> let's have a great show. Talking about a, what a great time to have. Uh, talk about financial <laughs> stability on the two hundred show and how much money we've spent. Yeah, we've invested. We've invested. We've had a litany, and a, an array, or a plethora, whatever adjective you want to use of shows over the four years that we've been doing this podcast. We've had uh, Netflix and chill. We've had um, a phone ring. Yeah. Um, we've had the grapefruit lady. We've had a uh, sex therapist. We've had dispensary uh, uh, owners, financial services guys, and and women. Um, we've had uh, uh, Elena <laughs> and <Yeah>. claps. <laughs> 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 We had Kyle. Yeah. We've had Brittany and Obama Nadi, yeah. And Sour Dutch. Sour Dutch, he created the, the uh, intro music. Yeah. 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 Yeah, he was a part of it. One of the first guys that came out. As a, and we, we appreciate every listener. Uh, Sour Dutch's uh, brother, LeVar. Yeah. And everybody else on Nika all the way in Florida. Uh, the young lady out in Jessica's, Jessica started right out in Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the people on the East Coast. My man is chasing the deers every week. Um, Fat Liver Jones. Fat Liver. Yeah, and, shout and out to Fat Liver Jones. Still celebrating his uh, sobriety. Shout out to him. Shout out to his podcast hashtags and uh, hashtags and hot takes. And Coach Moses, who's a, a frequent guest. And whose wife brought his wife to also talk to us about financial uh, stability, and also the guy who was on Pins and Needles the other night. Who was that? Lakeith Jinx. Ah, shout out to Lakeith. Shout out to Kenneth Jinx. Yeah, Black Coffee Podcast. Yeah, but um, champagne. Tonight we have one of our, uh, a guy that I've been known for like twenty plus years. Um. We went to Carbondale together. Not together, but we went to Carbondale during two different periods. Um, one of my frat brothers, one of the, one of the most uh, highly regarded and heralded uh, Sigmas in, uh, um, in Carbondale history, Delta Tower history, the Delta Tower Ring of Honor, um, but also a top-notch entrepreneur. Now, he was like one of the first, Magic, he was one of the first um, men that I knew 
outside of, you know, me knowing him through uh, being a fraternity together, um, that he was his own man, his own businessman. You know, not too many in our, in our delegation, no black businessmen. We don't know uh, uh, a lot of businessmen or because years ago, um, we're taught to hide and be quiet money. Only time that you see loud money is as if you see the dope boy. The street hustler. Street hustler. Dope nigga with the rims or whatever. Ignorance. Um, but no one taught us about quiet money. No one taught us about um, stashing money or the person that might look like he shops at a regular, at a regular, at a regular spot. K and G could be loaded up with Millions. three million dollars or more. Yeah. Um, if we walk past Robert F. Smith, a lot of people wouldn't know who Robert F. Smith is right now. Right, because he doesn't have on a pelly. He does pop it, pop it. <laughs> he doesn't have on. He don't have the gold rims with the uh, with the gold teeth to match. And as he doesn't have on a hundred eighty dollar baseball cap with uh. The snakeskin on it. Yeah, them Jordans. Right. If you walk past Robert F. Smith, you wouldn't know uh, uh, who he is. A lot of people didn't know who he was until the whole Morehouse. I knew who he was, but who? How many people? How many of our people are in tune like that? Not me. I didn't know who he was. You didn't know. See, you one of them. Yeah. But everybody got a chance to know who he was. Um, I was around three weeks. Three. Three. But was it three weeks ago? About a month ago? A month ago. Mm-hmm. About a month ago. About a month ago. Yeah. About a month ago. I inboxed him, told him I was on the boot list and I needed some help. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in Chicago. I need the help. And what happened? Nothing. No, no, nothing yet. Nothing uh, yet? Yeah. Yo, I'm going to send him another one. Yeah, you have to. I'm going to continue. You got to be persistent. Uh, about three or four. About the, about the fifth one is going to start off with, hey, brother. <laughs> 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 Sir. Man, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Boss. For help here in Chicago. I welcome welcome, uh, our esteemed colleague, uh, Craig Lane. Hand claps. All right. Appreciate it. And uh, I'm happy to be here, actually. It's it's a good thing to be able to talk to uh, people and educate them about how money works. Okay. Give us a story of where you had the inclination or how did things come about for you what concerns money? Right. Well, actually, uh, it started, I was working as a manager when I first got out of school uh, at KFC, actually. Okay. (laughs) And uh, my brother joined the business and he, uh, you know, shared it with me and I just thought I'd do it part-time. And actually, I was part-time for 23 years, (laughs) really, uh, because I had my other businesses, you know, I had a restaurant okay, and things of that nature. But, uh, with what we do financially, one, there is no inventory. Okay. And so you don't have to put stuff in your closet or have space to save stuff because everything we do is, is, you know, financial and dealing with paper. Okay. And so, uh, I was just, uh, truly excited about it because of the education and I'm going to share several things. Uh, just for basically basic finance 101. And once this is over, 
uh, people truly have a clear picture on at least how to get started in the right direction. When did you, um, now did, did the whole, did, the, did your money mindset come as a child? Well, not money mindset, but business did, though. Okay, well, uh, how, how, did, how did that? Yeah, I don't know if you all remember this from back in the day. You remember that, uh, that uh, I don't know if it's sitcom or drama, but uh, that thing, Hotel, with Harry Belafonte's daughter? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, but, the, right. It probably put me on to it. Uh, Rick, but just real quick, put me. It, it was just, uh, it was a hotel, and uh, it was a guy who I just liked his, his uh, demeanor, and he was the manager. He was the general manager. He had his family living in the hotel. And they were able to do all kind of things, okay. you know, kids would, you know, just, they basically lived in a hotel. And so I just thought that was so cool. And then I got my degree in hotel restaurant management. Actually, okay. it was directly related to that. Okay. And so that's pretty much what got my mind going in business because I thought the general manager owned the business at the time. Right. Uh, so I was just like, yeah, that's a good thing to do. And so as I saw his lifestyle, the things they were able to do and- uh, things of that nature, I was just attracted to me because it's not what happened in my neighborhood. Right. And so, you know, it, it was impressive uh, what they were doing. And then Harry Belafonte's daughter was there, which, you know, took it up another level. So so you're saying George Jefferson and Jefferson's didn't influence you? No, no. no. <laughs> he he just made me laugh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. right. 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 <laughs> I mean, did, did George Jefferson influence you at all? Did you watch the Jeffersons? Yeah. You did? Did you, you watched it? Okay. Yeah, actually, I, I I like the Jeffersons, but uh, again, they, they didn't really talk about how to do it. They just pretty much, after he was doing it and doing well, it kind of took off from there. But it didn't really talk about the process, the whole maturation process, exactly of doing business. You said when you raised, where were you raised up at? Uh, I grew up in the Jeffrey Manor. Okay, uh, over uh, right ninety eighth and uh, Jeffrey, okay. actually, and uh, just you know. Part of my neighborhood, and I I loved it actually, and still do actually at this point. So. Where'd you go to school? Uh, went to school, uh, high school at Mendel Catholic. Okay. Um, you played football and baseball, and then uh, went to SIU, played a little football, and uh, didn't finish out playing. Uh, but uh, was down at SIU. Yep, played Sigma uh, in '87, and so been part of quite a few organizations you know, in my did, lifetime. Did you um? Uh... Now, were you were you money minded uh, like such in high school? Well, yeah, because actually, I was I was always in any organization I was in, I was the president of actually. Okay, and so Christian organizations, different things like that, and of course, every organization has to make money. Correct. And uh, you know, I know you were actually down there. We did a uh, touch of blue one weekend in Carbondale. Uh-huh. And uh, what was exciting, we made $10,000 net in in uh, four days down there. And so that was very impressive. And we actually set the chapter up for years to come, you know, yeah. with, with money flowing in yeah. after we created that process. So You yeah. set the blueprint for us. Yeah, you did. Mm-hmm. You set the blueprint for us. Um, you graduated from SIU in what year? In uh, summer of 91. Yeah, so I had the five-year program. The five-year program. <laughs> right. It happens. It happens. Yeah. Um, yeah, the first year of college is, is, is you're on your own. You, you, you got a lot of freedom. Mm-hmm. It's parties. Right. 
the discipline and your obedience isn't really there. Right. Mm-hmm. Until you take that and them grades home to your your mom gets them and then you got to get that scolding again. Right. Then you get you back like, on track. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm disappointing her. Then you got to miss like three parties the next semester. <laughs> 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 then you, you, but you get back on what you got to do. Right. And you uh you got to talk to the to, to the the nerds. Get back on your business mm-hmm. and and get into study groups with the people that's not so popular. Right, and then you, you, you gotta just buckle down. So it, it happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I went to school in '91. Uh, I'm still looking for my degree to, as well. <laughs> <laughs> what made you choose hotel restaurant management? Uh, directly kind of related to that, but I I like service, and uh, even when I when I was young, which is hilarious, uh, like I used to. When I was cooking my food, I'm, I mean, literally, and I'm talking maybe 8 to 10 or somewhere in between there, uh, I would serve myself. So I would fix the food, and then where my seat is, I would come and act like I'm sitting there and serving myself. Really? Right. Yeah. And so I was very good at that, you know, okay. and doing that and, and knew, the, you know, the plates and I looked it up again. We didn't have Google back then, so yeah. I looked in the encyclopedia. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. With the place yeah. settings and things. Millennials, and, Cycle, and encyclopedia. Yes, I, was, I, I know w- that's a new word. They yeah. would not know what to do with an encyclopedia. It's like they wouldn't know what to do with a rotary phone. Right, yeah. exactly. Oh, actually, it was funny. Um, I saw a thing on Facebook where there was some millennials, and they took a picture of a phone booth. Like it was a foreign... <laughs> You know, archive. Right. You know, <laughs> so right. that, that was hilarious. There used to be a lot of guys' offices. Pop it. <laughs> yeah. That's true. <laughs> that's right. That's true. Um, serving yourself, man. That's something that that's that's mm-hmm. you gotta kick out of just placing your plate and, and, and making you, somebody yeah. happy. Yeah. You know, servicing them and, and thoroughly. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, you learned that at, at an early age. Mm-hmm. So yeah. so with the so you got the degree in the hotel restaurant service management. Mm-hmm. First five years out of out of college, from ninety one to like say ninety six, what were you doing? Oh my god, yeah, that was that was probably the most challenging time in my life. Uh, so I got out of school, I got my first job was at the Mayfair Region Hotel. Okay, it was right in the same place as the Palm Restaurant. I don't know if you all heard of Palm, mm-hmm. but it's a really nice restaurant. Where was it at? Um, it was right on. Uh, it was right down the street from the Drake. We okay. was facing the same side of the front door of the Drake. I don't remember what. So Michigan Avenue. Yeah, but it was a little back off. Okay. Of and so, but I've only uh, so I did that for I think seven months, and then I got the uh, restaurant job at KFC, being an assistant manager. Okay. But the problem is, and this deals with finance, is that. When I got the jobs, every time they told me the game plan and told me if I hit certain amounts, that they would give me a raise. And so it never happened in both situations. So really, 17 months, I didn't work for anybody else because during that time, I started part-time with my brother. And so I was able to make a transition out of KFC. So I haven't had a, a, a W-2 since March of 93. That claps. Yeah. Bombs. And so, uh, so uh, pretty much that's what I did kind of all the way after that transition. Then I had a, a clothing company. It was called L.A. Designs with uh, Leard Adams. Actually, he, he passed away some time ago. Okay. Uh, but we specialized in full-figure women, and we had, you know, shows. Actually, Lisa Ray uh, was one of our um, 
one of our models in, in the show. So really, I've been knowing Lisa for a little while too. So uh, went there, and then we started a catering business, and then after that, I opened a pancake house. It was called Trays with uh, actually Leon Finney uh, Jr. Okay, and uh, so we we had a full service restaurant, and on Sunday did omelets and different things. So it was uh it was it. So that's pretty much it. And then after that, after I sold the restaurant, uh, where was the restaurant at? It was on uh, 63rd and Harper, right off uh, where High Park is. Actually, it's the Leon's now. Yeah, yeah. It used to be Trey's original pancake shop, and Trey's became turned into like uh, the nice, uh, like a uh, what, what you would call like a, a banquet ball, hall, a, a ballroom. Right. Yeah. And my after- boy was running it. And he was having parties there right. at night, and uh, it be, it was uh, a Dennis. A Dennis had got it right, right after like, that. Yeah, yeah. and Dennis now the Dennis is there. still there, yeah. and then and the he second half to, to Leon's. Yeah, right. Yeah. But we still a lot of parties there at uh, Leon's. My boy David Real used to run that. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, Deuce. yeah. And actually, I did it too, just until I you know left, and uh, and Leon continued and turned it into pretty much a catering banquet hall. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. How did exactly. you connect with Leon, though? With my dad. Okay. Uh, he's a good friend, Vince Lane. Okay. Uh, and so they've been hanging out and in business pretty much since 1965. Gotcha. Yeah, so he's been in business, and that, that inspired me also, uh, my dad doing what he, he has done. Because uh, he used to be the C H used to be the uh, chairman and executive director of the C H A for okay. ten years. Okay, and so uh, so just kind of was always in a business environment, and so seeing him, you know, in that capacity, and uh, just the friends that I dealt with, we always talked about being in business. So, and claps for that. <clears throat> Financial services. How long you been in that business? Uh, it's actually June twenty seven will be twenty seven years. Hand claps. Twenty seven years. Yeah. What is our number one problem in our community and our delegation when it comes to money? Lack of planning and consumerism. People buying things as opposed to investing things. Uh, wealthy people spend money and it comes back to them. Mm. And we spend money and it goes away from us totally. Uh, I saw this post on Facebook and I you can tell I'll be on Facebook. Uh, but I saw the guy on Facebook and he was a, um, a CEO of a company and he was leaning up against his Lamborghini and he told, he was sending a message to his employees. He said, if you all work as hard and do as good as you did last year, I can get another one of these. And so what, what is, what is clear is as you're working for people, you're funding their life. They usually have better jobs, better houses, better everything, boats and different things, better vacations and everything. And so we're working hard to create that for them. And we are left without anything. Or if it is, it's a very small fraction of what? Because, you know, in business, labor costs is in between 15 and uh, 35%. Okay. 35% is like a restaurant, though, because it's high turnover. Right. You know, the food spoils. People steal stuff. Right. So that's the higher end of it. 
but a normal business is only 15%, which means that 85 to 65% is the profit of the person running the business. Right. And we all are fighting for 15 to 38% of the profit. We're fighting. We're fighting for it because, again, everybody can't have a job. Okay. So it's no freedom in that process. Consumerism. I like to buy stuff, though. Mm-hmm. Even though they said that, you know, the the black dollar doesn't last more than six or seven hours. Do you right. believe that? Actually, it's like four. Bombs! But, but yeah. No, it's true. And, you're and, saying it's four. You're going on record as saying it's, it's. Hold on. You're going on record saying it's, it's four hours. Yes. Instead of saying it's six hours or seven hours. Exactly. You know, you know why it's the two or three hours has been cut off? Why? Because of online shopping. Right. Pop it! That changes it too. Credit cards. Amazon. Now they can just go on the, get get on their computer with the Wi-Fi and just look up what they want to look. Up. I mean, is it due? Is it? Would you both say it's due to impulse? Now you you both you guys are a little are a little older than I am. I'm 45. You're how? 48. You're 50. 50. Okay. Actually, 51 next month. Hand Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. <you. laughs> what 49? Um. When he's, is, it, is it the impulse? No, it, it's really about structure. Um, it, the problem with our community specifically is that we do not have financial structure because we don't talk about money. I mean, I, I, you all probably can count on your hand or one hand the times you had a conversation about somebody about your stock portfolio, you know, what you're going to buy and different things like that. And people don't understand how your money is supposed to be positioned. And what I mean by that specifically, 100% of your income is broke down like this or supposed to be. And if you do it correctly, it's very tough to file bankruptcy or have any issues because you're distributing your money in the right manner. Okay. And so your, your home is only 35%, should be only 35% of your, your income. Okay. Okay. So if you're paying more than thirty five percent, you're going to have issues because it's taken from something else. What, what do you consider more than thirty five percent? Meaning it depends. It, like let's oh, say if you make a hundred thousand. Okay. Thirty five percent is thirty five thousand. Okay. And so that's what you can spend basically that you're going to pay a year on your mortgage, right? Okay. And then um, then the next thing is twenty percent for your transportation, and that includes car insurance and all that. Then 20% for you. Now, some people pay tithes, so 10% could be the tithes, and Mm. then 10% goes in your pocket. Now, this is for retirement. This is just, you know, uh, money that's yours, that you can pay your uh, utilities and different things like that. And then 15% is supposed to be your debt, and that really is our issue. And that's where consumerism hurts us. Because it's only supposed to be 15%. And most families that I see carry about 40 to 60% of their income going to debt. Bombs! And so that, that's destructive. And again, if you're not within that pie that I just described, it's, it's just, again, it's willy-nilly. It's like if you ran a business and had a blindfold on. You're behind the eight ball. Exactly. And that's how we really deal with finance. And, and that people eight ball is on fire on your ass. Right. And people don't know their we call it uh 
spend number, financial independent number. Right. And and that's the most amazing thing because people are expecting to hit a target. But if there's no target there, how are you hitting it? I ask people all the time, how much, how much your F and A now? I mean your F and N number. And they never know. But the number, see, people think retirement is an age, but it's a number. Not an age. It's the amount of money that you have so you don't run out of money before you pass away. Give us an idea. Uh, for, Matter of fact, for example. Give us all the ideas. Give us the, the people that's, supposed, that's listening that will listen to this tomorrow. Okay. And going to listen to this 10 years from now. Uh-huh. Repeatedly. Life is about to- numbers, not love. That's right. Pop it. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's true. Yeah. Tina Turner people, said, "What's love got to do with it?" We'll be gone a hundred years from now, right? And they're gonna listen to this episode. They're gonna come across this episode, and they're gonna listen to the Craig Lane episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're gonna ask, "What's that number that they should have?" Well, it directly relates to to your income. And so, if a person makes fifty thousand dollars, they need about five hundred thousand. Because that five hundred thousand can be dropped in an income fund. Income pays anywhere in in by law we have to have give three interest rates. So you get six, ten, or twelve percent on your returns. But if you're getting that twelve percent on your return, I mean ten percent return on your money, ten percent of a half a million is fifty thousand. Right. And so if that half a million is dropping there and it's paying you fifty thousand a year, then and then not necessarily disturbing the half a million. See, money is supposed to pay you, but we think we're supposed to live off the money. Mm. No, we're supposed to live on it. I mean, because it's going to pay us a salary and continue to grow because it's still in the investment. Okay. And so that half a million over the years is going to be higher, and which means your income is going to raise through retirement. But the thing is, if we don't have that that foundation amount, then, you know, it's really tight. And what I personally uh, do is have it and have that lump sum once I set up and, and finish off my portfolio and lock it in to a trust. And my family or generations can never touch the principal, but they'll always be able to receive the money that's paid off of it forever. But no, you can add to it, but you can't take anything out the, the main part. So, uh, parents always say, I don't know what they're going to do with my money if I leave it. Well, this way you don't care because even if one generation messes it up, the next generation has a chance. Wow. Our grandmama's in no shit. I used to see my face. That's well, they, financially, that's, no. That's what they were saying. I'm now, they had good advice. Ball. Yeah, they had good advice outside of that. Yeah. But with it, money, it, they it's had just no, They had no knowledge had of no it. idea. Craig, Magic Mike, um, wow. Um, many episodes that we've had, Greg. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been ma- magic's always brought up that you know we give the money to the pastor and to the church too much. Uh-huh. Um, you do realize we have more churches than we do banks. Yes, actually, things good. Yeah, yeah. Um, what are we doing wrong? How can I put this? What are we doing wrong in, in regards to that? Along with, and I'm, you know, I don't, I don't know if you're part of the Christian faith or not. Yeah, actually. I, um, what are we doing wrong? Um, in regards, what are to the that? preachers doing with the money? Pop it. There we go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Quit I'm trying to be, di- I'm trying to be diplomatic about this because, right, right. you know, without offending. But what is Pastor mm-hmm. Hannah doing all that money besides buying sponges for his hair? Right. <laughs> 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 yeah, that was funny. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, to me personally, again, it's it's about your faith. And so you, just like anything else, you put your money where your mouth is. And and the and the churches need to run. They they need lights. They need gas and different things like that. Uh, to me, the error that they make is that the things that they do aren't really inclusive to the whole congregation. It may be to the people who are tithing very highly because they they make more income. Uh, so it's more. It the turns into ministry. yeah. It, it turns into a fight between the different ministries as opposed to them having a, 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 a economic plan for the community. Cause the thing is what was really messed up in America is that if you're poor, you get assistance. If you're wealthy, you get assistance. But if you're in middle America, you don't get crap. There is no assistance for somebody who's making a decent salary there, there's no way to get out or get help, especially if your credit is gone or, or destroyed. Okay. There is no assistance. That's why, again, on, on Facebook, <laughs> I saw a uh, uh, a post that said this is it was refrigerator A and refrigerator B. Refrigerator A was one from a, a welfare recipient that was getting a, a, a EBT card. Gotcha. And refrigerator was full. And then the other one was somebody making forty thousand, and they only had a little bit of stuff in there. Yeah, refrigerator. I, I saw that meme before. Yeah. And so the thing is, though, there is no help for middle America. So the points that I'm talking about, how to structure your finances, it's, uh, man, it's just it has to happen because there is no help for middle America. It it really isn't. It, it's just not help for them. And so that's why I call myself a financial coach. It's more than that. You know, Michael Jordan needed a coach. It didn't matter how good he was because the coach can see things that you can't see. And the coach has been looking at games forever. So they know strategies, different things that they can call, know when to take somebody out. Problem with the NBA now is that they play the players too much. They don't pull them out and give them wind. So they're they're basically running them like, like horses. Right. And so that's why a lot of them, especially Derrick Rose, that he was wore out. Uh, he he just played them randomly yeah, to the ground. He was wore out. He wasn't absolutely right. And so um, so that's kind of the kind of same concept, you know, with your money. You got to know what you're doing. And if you, and this is an example I use for my clients, if you've never played basketball before, and somebody asks you to come in the game, and you say, "All right, I'm coming in." Well, how is your performance going to be? You don't know the rules at all and never seen basketball. Terrible. You're going to be shooting in the wrong basket, yeah. tackling people, yeah. talking to the fans. I look, mean, look you don't know all kinds of things, but that's the same thing with your money. If there is not a strategy and you don't have a target and you don't have the rules to the game, you will fail the game. going to embarrass yourself. We didn't have the rules to the game uh, coming out of college. No. We were taught. Um. Well, I go, was taught go to school, go to school, a get a job, get a career, go be a teacher. That's it. That's right. I wasn't taught to um 
invest. Um, I wasn't taught to uh, uh, save money or look at money as in the light that you look at money at. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a structure. It's just like a business. The business has a structure. And what I like to think of money is as an assembly line. If the wheel comes off the assembly line, what happens to the assembly? It's destroyed. It's right. going to fall apart. Yeah. You're going to have to shut it down, lose money, fix it, get it back going, and move it on. And so if your money isn't on a well-oiled assembly line, you're going to have issues. What should a person do um, fresh out of college? Now, since uh, everybody's graduated from college now, mm -hmm. um, being that we are in the digital age, what should a person do that's fresh out of college, first job, first paycheck? Is know those percentages that I talked to you about. And, uh, then, and then calculate it out of their paycheck. Know exactly what goes where, how to utilize the money, and then execute. So if you have a home that's going to be more than 30 35% of your income, you need to find another home that fits within your paycheck. Now, I'm glad you brought that up. Give me a rewind. He got it. Mm -hmm. um, here we go. I'm going to ask you this. That's right. I'm ask you this. How long should a, 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 a person that just graduated college stay at home? Until. And, and our delegation. Mm -hmm. I, I, Keep that question in mind. And mm -hmm. our delegation versus the other ones. Right. Versus the outside other delegations and communities and cultures and stuff. Mm -hmm. You get that, you get the idea that and some want to keep them, some of the white delegations like to keep their kid at home until that kid is ready to an ample 30. Mm -hmm. Mexicans, they like to keep them at home still, period. All it's right. like, all of them stay in the same house. Right. And ours, we push ours out. Right. Time to go. Mm -hmm. Can't walk around naked around my house. Right. Well, that shouldn't be happening. You you, you, <laughs> but you get what I'm saying, the whole no, metaf no. The metaphor. Right, um, absolutely. You smelling your balls, conflict, you should pay me rent. Right. All this kind of stuff. Right. This is what we come across in our community, in our delegation. Mm -hmm. so, in, so the millennials are like, why can't we live our lives like the, the other delegations and stuff? Mm -hmm. Why can't we stay at home and be able and move out when we're ready instead of being pushed out? Right. How long should we stay at home when you know in your in, from your thinking, from your vantage point, from your mind state? How long should we stay at home until we're ready? Right. Well, it's directly related to your circumstance, and so if you're in a place where somebody is supportive. And, uh, you know, it's not in a hurry to kick you out. Uh, it really gives uh, an opportunity for a person to grow and not be under so so much stressful scenario. And you mentioned uh, the, the, the white community and the black community. Uh, what's unfortunate is that the average income uh, or net worth of, of a person that's been uh, working for 10 years the average uh, uh, assets are 117000 That's what the net worth is. But for our community, the average one, our average uh, net worth is $5,000. Mm -hmm. 
bombs. Why? Why such disparity? Because we don't understand the stock market and we're scared of putting our money in there because of the fluctuation of the market. But if you understand the market, uh, uh, not Bill Gates, uh, what's the other one? Warren Buffett. Two things Warren Buffett said. One, if you're not making money while you're sleeping, you're going to be broke. Okay. And so that's the market because the market works 24 hours a day, seven days a week, right? And then uh, he also talks about uh, being in a position where you hang around people that you want to be like. And so in our community, we don't have a whole lot of financial people. Actually, there's only 285,000 investment representatives in, in the United States. And out of that, only 8,500 are, are African-American. Wow. And so 8,500 to serve 14% of 350 million people. Wow. So it's not even enough. Even if everybody wanted it, we couldn't get to them because it's not enough agents to do so. And so that's why I actually train, develop agents. Uh, we actually I pay for the, get their license paid for and get them trained because we need more people in our community doing it. And if you notice... I have a broker's firm on 79th and Dante, right? Okay. Uh-huh. And there aren't any other broker's firms outside of our company that's that's doing it. Uh, even in any nationality, don't matter, Middle America, there is not a broker's firm in the in Middle America. They're in uh, Hoffman Estates, Schomburg, uh, West Frankfurt, all in our underlining, but you have absolutely no, now you've got insurance companies. Yeah. But you have no brokerage firm. So if there's no brokerage firms where you live, where are you going to get the information from? Exactly. And if there's nobody who looks like you that's a coach that's willing to coach you, how are you going to get the coaching? What's the name of your brokerage firm? Uh, Primerica, actually. Primary okay. PFS Investments okay. is our brokerage firm. Okay. And we do business with 11 fund companies, uh, Franklin Templeton, I'm not going to name all of them, but you know Fidelity, Oppenheimer, uh, 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 fidelity, and so you know we're able to bring Wall Street to Middle America. So what do you call American family? Uh, I have my. Uh, I mean, I mean for oh. somebody new coming in to, that wants to get into. Oh, the qualification. Oh, yeah, yeah. you actually what, what only have to be eighteen, and you can't have a felony in uh, financing, like you know checks or yeah. doing credit cards. Other things, actually, if it's so over five or ten years, actually, we still can get some people licensed. Uh, okay. But just being 18, and there is absolutely no minimum requirement of production. We don't have, what is it called on the job when you have quotas? Yeah. Yeah, there's there's no quotas with it because, again, the maturation process is different for everybody. And so we don't force anybody to do it. But the thing is, once you're done, we've taught you how to do it, and now you can go out and service your family. Wow. I come in. Same thing that uh, Coach Moses' wife was telling us about. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I come in, um, I'm 47 years of age. I've been, I've been, uh, uh, I'm working job to job. Mm-hmm. I come in, I want to, uh, I, I've been looking at, I've been looking at Black Enterprise. Mm-hmm. I've been in these uh, Facebook groups like each one to teach one about credit. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been uh, uh, looking at different stuff. I've been looking at Warren Buffett, looking at Robert F. Smith, mm-hmm. black billionaire. Right. Um, I'm looking at these people and I'm looking at them in awe. Mm-hmm. 
I come in, I don't know shit about what to invest in, what to uh, uh, about investments, about stock trade. I don't know nothing. Mm -hmm. All I know is that I I, I I get this two-week paycheck that comes Mm bi-weekly. What am I supposed to do without coming in looking like a fool and dumbfounded or whatever? about money, what do I do when I come sit down with you? Right. Well, one, you you have to have an idea of what you want because, again, me doing investment doesn't help you unless you you have an objective. And so the the main thing I do, and this is what I always call finance one-on-one, is four areas that you need initially to have in place. And the first one is you need to cover your liability. So if you have debt, you still owe on your home, you know, still own your car, those things are liabilities to you. Okay. So that's why we need insurance. Uh, Because if you can't afford the liability, if it messes up, you've got the insurance where it takes. Because if you hit a Mercedes, you got to come out of your pocket $100,000, right? If you have insurance, you're paying $100, $200 a month, and it'll, it'll take care of that process, right? And so... We need insurance to cover your liability, just like income. People don't realize life insurance is not for burial and have a little money left over. It's directly related to your income. And so, like like I mentioned earlier, if you make $50,000, you need amount of money to be insured by. So if something happens to you, your family doesn't skip a beat and they're replacing that income. And so if you make $50,000 and you got a half a million dollars worth of coverage, Something happens to you, your family can continue to move on. Of course, they miss you, but uh, softens the blow. It softens the blow, and and I, even with the with the male clients, and this is something I just find uh, hilarious. Uh, the male <laughs> clients, a lot of times, saying, "I don't want to leave them no money because I'm leaving. Uh, you know, I don't want them spending money and being with somebody else." But the thing, the reality of it, if you don't leave them money, they're going to have to go have somebody immediately. Pop it. And so. It's just smart ass. You just. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Exactly. So. I, it, it's, how do you get through that kind of selfishness? She don't get no way to well, but, kind of like truck and be riding around with some nigga and doing this. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, that's right. She's not going to do that. How, right. how, not, how, not with your money. She's right. going to do that right after the burial because she's going to be homeless right. with your kids <laughs> out here getting on the bus going to schools yes. in the middle of the winter here in Chicago. Right. So she's going to have to do what? Need some help. Hold up till she blow up. How do you penetrate <laughs> through that? How do you penetrate through that kind of that that kind of psych? That mentality? Well, yeah. well again, it, it has to, you have to have a vision of something better. And unfortunately, we, we don't have examples. You know, uh, most people in Chicago, once they become wealthy, they move out of the neighborhood and they move somewhere else. It's very few. And you see a couple of politicians and stuff that maintain, just like my dad, he, he'll never move out, out in the suburbs. He loves the city, right? Uh-huh. Um, he, you say he'll never move out there? Yeah, never. Because okay. he, he loves the city. is the access of- The hustle uh, and the bustle. Uh, right. And his, his friends, his guys, yeah. It, exactly. And so- you know, that's what we need, more people that are in the neighborhood. Now, you don't have to necessarily live there, but you need a house there. 
where you're renting out and always being seen and, you know, so people can, uh, you know, see a clear example. And again, understanding where that financial coaching is. So that first area was the liability. So you have to color, cover your income and your liabilities, right? Mm -hmm. The next one is that you, and these are four separate areas. So, which means you have to have enough money to fund four areas, right? And so the next one is having an emergency fund where you should have at least three to six months of your income saved just in case of an emergency. And I say 12, actually, because that really guards you. Uh, but three to six months, so if you get laid off, you know, you get hurt on the job, something else go down, then you can reach back and get that money. So that 10% that I was talking about uh, that you should be saving, that money is going to save you. You know, and that's that's the term. You have to save your money so it can save you. Three to six months, how much physical? I mean, I'm, what, give me a number amount. So let's say, again, a person makes, uh, let's say, uh, uh, $2,000 uh, $2, a month. And so for that month, you got to have, you got to have 6000 to 12000 saved for those emergencies with that income. 2000 a month. You make A person makes 2000 a month. Net, right? Yeah, we're talking net money. Net money. Uh, because if you deal with the gross, it, it ain't the real value because FICA and all of those people that you don't know is taking your money. $2,000 um, net. Mm -hmm. You're saying they need to have at least how much again? With the 2000 it would be three thousand. I mean 6000 because that's three months of the income. Okay. Or, you know, for six months, you need 12000 Saved up. Saved up. Right. So if something happens, you can handle those debts over that time frame and won't miss a beat. And so you won't have to be stressed be out comfortable. during your downtime. Yeah. You know, most times when downtimes come, we're wiped out. I mean, we can't think. We darn near homeless. We losing everything. And that's what really rises our blood pressure and yeah. has us stress. All, all kind of stuff. Here comes the hypertension. Here comes the stroke. <laughs> Pop it. So yeah. now you now you really messed up. Right. And now I, you're a burden. Right. You don't want to be a burden during your downtime. You, you wanna be led you don't wanna be led into being a burden because you was down. Right. Mm -hmm. So now now the family looking at her, uh, well, well look at old Jeff Charles over there. Charles will get on my nerves. Who gonna be over there with Charles while he messed up now? His whole right. right side messed up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So but, but magic, just you know, just real just real I mean go ahead, finish what you're saying. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just saying like you, you gotta think ahead. You got to be ahead yeah. of the curve. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got to be two or three plays ahead. You don't get in hit. You don't get ahead staying in bed. But see, yeah. okay, but Craig. That's why I get up every morning. <laughs> My grandfather told me that a long time ago. That's right. But Craig and Mike, I wasn't taught that. Right. I wasn't taught six months, three months, six months at all. I didn't learn that until later on. Mm-hmm. Why didn't you know? Why didn't our parents teach us this? Did because, yours teach you this? Teach because you that? Our, our parents didn't know, and, and something is actually happening subconsciously to black people in this country now, right? We're, we're yeah, it's happening, but it's from the past. Gotcha. And I don't know if everybody remembers this. You know, right before they actually created rules for a bank, they had banks still. But it wasn't insured by FDIC or any of that, right? Uh -huh. And so uh, black Americans had about $54 million in the banking system, right? Really? And right before they created the laws for the money, 
the banks stole the whole $54 million from the black families. And so since then, subconsciously, because they've been awake, you know, you know, they take my money. So people don't want to put their money there because history has kind of taught them that don't trust that. But you must trust it, but you just need to know the rules. And he always asked the question, why do black people hide their money under in the, the couches <laughs> and in the, under the mattresses? <laughs> and you just you, you yeah, heard it. You I, know I, I mean? just found it out. Yeah. I just found, hand right. claps, and, man. Right. And you can Google that information. And it was so bad. You don't hide money in the mattress at all still no more? No, just, no money. Again, it, it doesn't make it. I don't put money nowhere where it doesn't make money. Gotcha. It just doesn't make sense. Why should you have, and that's the problem with banks, and this is kind of my, my last thing. Well, let me finish the end. It's just two seconds, and then I'm going to wrap Keep going, it up. keep going, keep going. So, we, we good, we good. <laughs> you ain't no, forget about it. We're going to keep going. Go okay. Uh, and so the, the third thing you have to do, you need a U-fund, something that if you want to buy a motorcycle, you want to buy a car, you want to uh, you know, take vacations and things like that, that money has to come out something other than your 401k. I know people who take a loan from their 401k to make it to take a trip. That's absolutely insane because now you don't set your retirement back for five years. But at lump sum, you took out that could be generating, you know, a momentum as it's being in that investment. Right. And then the last thing is that you need a retirement account. And so you need 50 to 80 percent of your income in retirement. 50% if you have no debt and 80% if you're still paying bills. And it's that simple. And so, or 100%, if you didn't change your lifestyle at all, you just need 100% of that income coming to you in retirement. Well, financial coach, I want to go out and buy them, them fresh Adidas. I want to go, I want to go swipe that card at, at Ralph Lauren. Mm -hmm. I want to have fun with my money. So what you have to do is the amount of money that you want to have fun with, you have to make that amount of money outside of what I just said. Two jobs? Doesn't matter. A job and a business? I don't care what you do. It just has to be above what you're spending. So it has to be. So your four areas are in place already being funded fully for the results that you're looking for. And then the extra money is what you buy. And if you don't have extra money, you need to figure out how to go get it. The four areas is the U fund. The, the, is the liability. Liability. The emergency fund. Emergency fund. The U fund. The U fund. And the retirement account. A lot of times we put in the U fund before those other three, right? Well, usually the U fund is the only thing we have. Mm. We don't have the other areas. Because, <laughs> you know, uh, I think they say one out of, uh, one out of uh, four Americans have absolutely no life insurance. Mm. So imagine that. You work and you're making $50,000. You have a family. You, even if you have $30,000 worth of coverage, you pass, they bury you. They got $20,000 in the last maybe a couple of months, and then they're, they're SOL after that. And so when, when incomes disappear, they disappear forever. It's not a, a short-term thing. And so you need to have that covered, and it needs to be a strategy if something happens because if not, that's why most families are go funding and having devastating scenarios when the when the breadwinner you know leaves leaves this earth. Yeah. What do what do go ahead, Mike? My fault. 
I'm just saying. I, I'm agreeing with him. Yeah. Selling what, plates what, and shit. What? <laughs> <laughs> On the rim. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What does uh, certificate deposits do? Uh, uh, yeah, CDs <laughs> are funny, actually. Uh, because, <laughs> and, and it really, it's really related to the banks, and that's actually was my last point. And deal, dealing with CDs, CDs are, you know, now a CD may get 2%, 1%, 3% tops. Uh, but again, that rate of return isn't a lot because there's something called the rule of 72 that actually Albert Einstein created and they use it to uh, determine how money doubles. And so if you divide any interest that you're getting on your money in the 72, it tells you how many years it takes your money to double. Right. Right. And so if you're getting 3% on your money, three in the 72 is 24. So you got $1 going in a certificate of deposit getting 3% is doubling every 24 years, $1, right? right? And so that's not really exciting, right? right. Uh, 6% it does a little better, but at 12%, your money is doubling every 12 years. I mean, every six years, 12 and uh, 72 is six, right? Now, what's unfortunate is that the banks in their savings accounts are only getting in between a half or a quarter of 1%, Right. Mm-hmm. So I know Chase, oh, and I'm not supposed to do that, but yeah. they're getting a quarter of 1% okay. for their savings account. Okay. That divided into 72 is 288. And so if you have money in any savings account in America, your money is doubling over 200 years in every regular savings account in this country. And so what we're doing is handing over our money to the banks which is not owned by the government, is personally owned by the Federal Reserve Bank. They okay. personally own it. Okay. So they have licensed people that are not part of government has licensed to print money <laughs> and do what they want to do, right? Right. And we're giving them our money. Our money is doubling every 200 years, and their money is doubling even at 3%. Because, you know, when you get a credit card— They'll charge you 24%, right? Mm-hmm. 24% in the 72 is three years. So on that credit card, the credit card company's money doubled every three years, and they got your money at 24%, you know, would be doubling every, every uh, what, three years? I mean, uh, uh, well, they have your money doing the 12% and above that, you know, the other investments do. And growth and aggressive growth mutual funds have been averaging 12% since 1924. Okay. And so that that's in your 401k too. But if you don't know how to position your 401k to get to 12%, they're going to suggest you do something else. Because if you don't get to 12%, let's say you get 4% in your account and that's the one you chose. Where do you think the other part of the 12% is going? Where? To the brokerage firm or to whoever is funding that account. Okay. Wow. And so the banks are really uh, almost taboo, not because they're going to take your money, but because they're going to invest your money, pretty much get all the profits and give you crumbs, not even the crumbs on the table, the crumbs that fall on the floor. So we shouldn't be investing. Well, saving for it. Right. Because a bank is not going to it's not an investment. It's a holding account more so. And so if you're with a broker that invests in the industry, then you're getting industry returns, not quoted returns. Roth IRAs. Roth IRAs are absolutely outstanding. Uh, it was 
created maybe 10, 12 years ago, something like that. But the reason the government started that, a Roth IRA allows you to save up to, actually now, it's uh, $6,6500 a year in the account tax-exempt, meaning tax-free, right? Okay. It's the only thing in this country that you can invest in that is tax-free at this point. And so with the IRAs, though, you can't touch it before 59 and a half because if you do, the government will penalize you on 10% of what you take out. And so you really need to have that money there until after 59 and a half so you're not penalized. But even if you need it on emergencies, take out what you need, not the whole amount, because that's the only part that's going to be penalized at 10%, and the money that stays in there will continue to grow. How much is the Roth IRA for you? To, you got a, it's 6500 You can. That's the maximum amount you can do for free, meaning free rate of return, uh, no no interest, or I mean not interest, but penalty on the money. But, yeah, you can put that money away, and you and your spouse, if you're married, they can also do the same amount. 6500 6500 That's what you have to start off with? No, no. You Well, with our company, you can do, you start mutual funds with 50 to $25. Most brokers firms, if you start a mutual fund, even the ones that we get for $25 because they got to sign a contract with us, um, the other companies, you may need 1000 or two just to start the game. And so when that's the case, it eliminates a lot of people from getting in the game and getting those higher returns. Because mutual funds, the advantage of it is that we're mutually investing as a as a as a community, yeah. meaning the United States community, right? right? Okay. So you, with your twenty five dollars, get the same rate of return as somebody who has twelve million in there. Uh. So twelve million get fifteen percent. You get fifteen percent on your twenty five dollars. So a person comes in. A person comes in uh, up in your office. Mm-hmm. They say, um. What do I need to sign? What do I need to do? I got. I, I want to allocate that twenty five a month. Mm-hmm. Is twenty five a month or how does it work? Well, if that's a choice, you know, because again, the investment isn't my job. My job is to paint a picture and give you an example and let you see options from somebody with a financial mind. Okay. So that's it. I'm just going to give you snapshots of what you described to me. And then that's what we're going to focus on getting funded. And so it's about that. See, most people, again, they don't have any strategies, you know, and, and, and in my presentation, we use this statement. Most people don't plan to fail. They just fail to plan. Right. Because we plan everything else. If you're going on a vacation, you've got enough money, you know where you're going, you know what time you got to be there. You arrive there, you go on vacation, you come back, you make sure you got money for gas or whatever when you going to work the next day. Right. And, but when it comes to our money, we don't think we have to have it as planned, but it needs to be the same exact situation. You got to know when people ask you what your financial independent number is, you should be able to regurgitate it immediately because that, that has to be an objective of your life. My financial independent number is 10 million because that, that'll pretty much pay my family a million dollars a year without getting out to bed. Cause that's 10% of the 10 million. Right. Right. And so that's got to be the thought. That's got to be our conversations. And everybody has to have their own strategy. Your 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 financial independent number needs to be says 10 million. Right. And that's because that's my personal choice. Yeah. Your number. 20. 20 million. 20 mm-hmm. million. Would you give your family two million dollars a year? 
to live off of and do whatever they need to do. Uh, uh, Mikado, what's your financial independent number? <laughs> <laughs> right. And what's yours, Jamal? Yes, you must take it out of there. Because, again, they don't care. They'll keep it forever. Oh, man. And, and they again, they know that they're going to get, you know, 9 10 15%. And they know that they ain't going to give you nothing. And But because we don't understand what that 1% means, we put it there anyway. But if we knew what it was actually doing to us, our families and generations, I guarantee you if people knew it before they put it in there, they wouldn't do it. They my, would look for my, another option. Mine's, I want to say, 10, million, 10 to 15. All right. Um, of course, I would like to 100 million. Right. You know, I would like to 100 million. But is it too late? No, is it, I mean, is it is it too late? Is it too late, or, or are you having younger people come in and come talk to you and set up stuff with you? Well, no, actually, voluntarily, nobody does, and so you have to go out and look for them because they're not looking for you, right? And so, as you educate people and meet people that you do help, you help the people they know. So that's how I do business through recommendations. I don't do business just finding people. No cold strangers. calling, nothing like that. Okay. No, I don't do no cold calling ever. Actually, no ro- no uh, no robo calls. None of, none that. of that stuff. None of that because again, it's too difficult, and you got to play too high of a number, and and it's really brutal, you know, on you. But if you get recommendations every time one, two, or three, every time you're in a home then it makes the business so much easier. And then you're never seeing, or you you know how when you go in people's house and they have that room where nobody sits in, they got the plastic on the couch and all that. (laughs) Right. See, you don't never want to go in that room and talk to them. You want to go where they live. Because, again, they put you in there, you're going to feel cold with them in that area. And so you don't want to do that. You want to be somebody who they know and they'll welcome you into the warm part of the house. Yeah. And hey, Mr. Lane, how you doing? You want some, you want some greens? Oh some man. I yeah. eat that all the time. Yeah. When I'm when it, and when it's dinner time, I'm getting I'm getting a dinner. Yeah. Cuz they say, "Hey, uh, would you like a plate? I know you've been working all day or whatever." And so as it's as we cool say in our business, we ride and talk. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Ride and talk. How did out of um have you been have you been reaching out to the younger delegation as far as like the ones that's between the the ages of um sixteen to twenty five? Well, uh it, it's kind of tough it, unless you are in an environment like that. So you can do things. Uh I know several years ago I used to do seminars for all the seniors in certain high schools. Uh Calumet High School actually I did seminars for all their seniors. Uh, because again, if they know it at the beginning, they got a fighting chance to, to play the game properly. If they got the rules at, and actually, and most people get the rules at 16, just like, uh, the Jewish community, they have the bar mitzvah, but that's to pad money for that person that will sit in an investment. And once they need it, they'll have enough to do what they need to do. I'm glad you brought it up. Keep going. Keep and going. so, no, that that's what it was related to. So that that is the thing. If you're tapped into a person that has information that can help you get where you're going, that's the best route. Because if you try to figure it out on your own, it's going to take you years. 
And so a lot of us don't have 10, 20 years to figure it out. We need to start working today. Now, the rest of the stuff after that, you know, that four uh, areas are in place, then there's other things you can do. Like when you start buying property, that's a whole nother financial realm. But most people never get to that realm. They're in the four areas and they need to have those four areas funded. But the main number one problem is that normally your income doesn't afford uh, put you in a position where you can put in all four. So it's a it's a cash flow problem normally. And there's some that it's not a cash flow problem. It's just the debt is eating up all their money, which is creating a cash flow problem. Mm. My child, 24 years old, loves hair weaves and clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've told her over and over and over again, many times, save money. Mm-hmm. Take one paycheck, um, take care of your bills, mm-hmm. set aside something for, set aside two weeks worth of, of bill, um, set aside two weeks worth of food and gas money. Right. It's not communicating well. Right. Well, with, with kids, uh, you can't just tell them stuff. You have to make them pretty much do it. And the only way you can do that At is, 24, though? No, but if you started early, then you could have told them what to do. And when they're 24, they probably would continue the process. So we just wait too late to educate yeah. when so they're already. Because the how, how long has she been working? A year and a half. Right. So she got a year and a half of bad habits because she had no strategy. Right. And so if you have no strategy, you're going to do bad things with your money. Yeah, and it's not going to benefit you. Absolutely. And it's better, uh, I think, uh, I forgot who said it, but uh, it's better to uh, raise a child properly than try to correct uh, correct a broken child. Okay. Just like seeing a basketball player uh, who's never played. You're teaching him the fundamentals. Right. He has no bad habits as opposed to a kid that's been playing, who, who's been playing street ball. Now mm-hmm. he want to play organized ball. Yeah, he's developed bad habits already. Yeah. It's a whole so, different ball. Game. And and he, and he thinks he knows what he's doing. So it's always going to be an argument. It's always going to be a confrontation. And and eventually he's going to be outplayed by this. Absolutely. Well, and again, he's unprepared to compete with the structure. Yeah. Now, he can play ball and he can do it, but is he running plays? Does he know how to, you know, break down defenses? Does he know how to call plays and attack the defense that's in front of him? And so, and you only can do that through experience. And so, if you don't have experience with money, you have to find a financial coach. That can help you with that experience. If not, you're going to be devastated financially, period. So anybody out there that doesn't have somebody coaching you on money and you're not a professional or haven't studied it for 10 to 20 years, you got a problem, whether you believe it or not. You're going to die of broken penalties. You're going to have barbecue wings and fried <laughs> wings at your repast. <laughs> and they're going to be standing outside drinking Hennessy on the wall. Talking about how good of a person you was. Yeah. Right. After they had a GoFundMe for you. Pop it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because really, when we pass, again, 
The reason we work 30 or 40 years is to create enough wealth so when we aren't in a position to work or when we choose not to work, we can make a transition and not suffer with our lifestyle. Could you retire right now? Can I? Yeah. Uh, no, not not necessarily right now where I want I can retire at a certain level, but not where I want to be. Uh, and, and so it's because I have uh, different stocks that the company gave me. So it, it's money in different places. But once you pull it together at the end, everybody needs an exit strategy. Right. So even if you have enough money, if you don't, your exit strategy isn't positioned properly, it's going to dwindle down and go. That, that's the main reason why 95% of the people who win the lottery, I don't care how much money they make, in five years, 95% of them are, are back at a zero network. But I need to try that one time. I got a good five years of me. Pop it! <laughs> <laughs> I got a good fire. But yeah, but but again, if they would just three hundred forty million. <laughs> That's what I can somebody run through three hundred forty million dollars when we man. all get to heaven. Well, because people who understand money will come get it, and so they'll sell you on investing a hundred million, building a complex or something. And again, it could be a fake complex. And that, if we give over that money, a hundred million gone. Now we only at two thirty. Like that, that, like that pastor did that that woman in North Carolina who living in the project. Exactly. Actually, I saw that. You my, saw that. My money. He, he harassed and sued her over a hundred eight million. The pastor did that. Yeah, one. that pastor. Uh, uh, that pat. That 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 uh, that pastor sued her and harassed the shit out of her over her money that she won. Right. Because she had no man that with a nice, good hand. <laughs> to put across his face. Right. Well, having And just support. give him a million dollars for this lawsuit. That's it. That's right. We're going to settle out for a million. That's it. Don't call him no more. Because I will slap the shit out you again. Pop it! But that was that was just the, the, the what he did. And it was a black lady too, right? Yeah. Because she won the money and Young he was lady. a white preacher. And he, he Black preacher. Black preacher, yeah. Yeah, oh, black my, preacher. I would have knocked his mustache on top of his ear. <laughs> um... Right, so so with that area though, um, five years though, Craig. Yeah, five years is average. Mike, five years. People, you gotta you gotta have, like he said, you gotta have, be around people that you want to be like. And once you you ride on a high, first of all, and they know you ride on a high, and mm -hmm. they come in, they dressed up, and you, they know oh, man. you. Oh man, sell the dream. You, you green as 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 the grass, square as a pool table. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Twice as green. And they they selling you they telling you everything you want to hear. And once only way only way you sell somebody a bridge is they got to be looking to buy a bridge. Yeah, and so now they're looking down on people who they was just once with twenty four right. hours ago. Exactly. And they was just the same measurement. You know what I mean? So now they telling these people don't have them people around you no more. You're gonna come with us, and it's all of, you know you you have to be prepared for that. Well, they got to come to Seventy Ninth Street and get me. <laughs> I'm gonna have some Heineken's around me and some Patron around me, and look here, man. Then you giving it to consumerism. Uh, yes, it's gonna be my own liquor store. What do you mean, <laughs> Mike Walton Wine and Spirits? What? Do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, again, and, and when you own your own, it's a different ballgame. Yeah, it is. It truly is. And so, uh, and this is just just the bottom line. You know, 
Back in the 1800s, we owned 1% of America. Okay. How much do you think we own currently? I'm just curious if you all know. How much do that? Uh, I, 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 we have, we owned 100% when? No, no. We uh, Back in the day, we had... Um, um, slipped my mind, but I was thinking. Oh, you're right. We we own as as African Americans in, in this country in the 1800s, one percent of the country. Mm-hmm. Now you know, 76 percent of the country is controlled by the top one percent. Exactly. And we fight for 24 percent. Right. Okay. Okay. And so back in the day, we own one percent, and I was saying now, how much? do you think the percentage is that we own now? Probably uh, point zero six. <laughs> you say it went backwards. Though. Yeah, yeah. No, we, actually. We say we own 5%. It's right around 1% still. Yeah. And, and now why? Because people make more money. Yeah. People are doing more things, and people own things, right? Right. But the thing is, they sell us ownership with debt. They don't sell us ownership with full ownership. Yeah. So when people buy a home, they say they own a home. And they have a, a mortgage. Right. You don't own the home. You only own the portion that you pay for. And so those kind of things mess people's mind up thinking that they're in an ownership position and they don't own crap. The bank owns it. Yeah. Right. So should you buy should you even buy a house then? Sure. But again, it needs to be within the portion of your scheme, thirty five percent of your deal. And then if you want to put equity in it, you just add extra money. Okay, so, so wait a minute. Okay. Go ahead. I got to ask. Okay, mm-hmm. so no since, since you brought it up. Yep. You're saying that if you make $35,000, let us say you make $50,000 a year. Okay. Okay. Whether uh, salary or, I mean, whether career-wise or whether entrepreneur-wise. Okay. Which, which, how much should you buy a home for? If you want to buy a home or a condo, Mm-hmm. Or loft, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. How much should you spend on buying outright buying? You're saying we should save up that amount of money to buy it outright? Mm-mm. Because so, you're saying, because you're saying right now, if you own a mortgage, you own a percentage of of the home. Right. You don't own a home outright. Exactly. You're paying 30 years into what? Then you own it. But who do you want to fight for for 30 years? You okay. want to be up under that under that, that gun for thirty years? But you, your your mother your grandmother still owns her home, right? Yeah, my grandmother did it, but she she passed away in ninety seven. Who they owns that home now? They was there since sixty three, so the, the the home now is owned by her her children, but it's, it was paid off in what two thousand one because she had a second mortgage on it. Okay, so it it was paid off then, but really. Think about it. Like right now, there's a lot of black women jumping up. Like I got a home, I got this. You see that on Facebook? God didn't bless me with the house, this and that. But they don't tell you the stories. They when they be, can you quick cash me two hundred dollars because I'm late on this bill? Yeah. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm late on this. And can you can you cash out me this? You know they don't they don't say those stories. Yeah, no. Put those up there with the keys. You know what I mean? Pop it. Not, not, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> not right. hate. Not hating. Cause it's the truth they, though. Yeah. They, they confuse it with hate. But sometimes you get caught up with the Joneses. Like a lot of women want to get married because their friends get married. Yeah. And I I get it. You know, you, you want to be happy. Every lady wants to be called a wife at some point in time in her life. I get that. But are you wife material? 
are you home on are you home ownership ready? Right. Are you ready to own a home? Are you ready for the all that comes with own a home? The repairs, the 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 up the, the upkeep on a home on a home. You know, I'm, the people in Inglewood figure it out. Right. Fuck this house. I'm gonna let it roll. There's <laughs> a neighborhood going down anyway. Well, and and, and, and that's actually going. directly why our neighborhoods are going down because people are not owning the homes anymore. They're not purchasing them. They're renting. And when people are in a neighborhood where they rent, they don't respect the properties as own ownership. And they so don't. back in the day when we were coming up, our parents had ownership. Yeah. And, and so when we got in a position, we wanted to have some ownership also. Yeah. You know, during that process. But what I wanted to share with you with that fifty thousand, um, so basically with fifty thousand, you're getting about four thousand or forty four hundred dollars that comes into the household, right? Uh-huh. And thirty percent of that is twelve hundred. And so you shouldn't be spending more than twelve hundred on your mortgage. And Bombs. And I know people who make fifty thousand that's paying eighteen hundred to twenty five hundred for their for, we, their, we, for their I'm gonna be house. honest with you. Remember the house you came to? Mm-hmm. Um he came by the house one about a couple of, he came by the house about 15, 20, 15 years ago. I wanted to listen to what he had to say. I wasn't ready financially, of course. My mind wasn't my mind wasn't in the right mind. Mm-hmm. Um, Wu Tang clan ain't nothing. Yeah, that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> newlyweds. Um, no, we was not newlyweds, but uh, uh, like two years. But this is a new new couple. New mm-hmm. now now was, yeah we was seven years in eight years in and had just had the first child had the second child first child um, there already had the second child still didn't have the finances together. The mortgage at that time was twenty five hundred mm. for that townhouse. Right, still there. Mm-hmm. Um, it since has gone down tremendously to where it's, it's nowhere near that mm-hmm. at um, this point. Nowhere near that because we had to do modifications and you know we went through that whole housing crisis prop. Pro- stuff with y'all right. backs towards each other. A lot of nice. <laughs> 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 Fights, yeah. Uh, And they say, really, finance is the number one reason why people get divorced. Yeah, Uh, it it is absolutely the number one because if you having financial issues, uh, one of my uplines in the business always told me, if you have to think about money, there's no way you're living a free life. Yeah, you're not free if you got to constantly think about money and paying bills. And so you have to put yourself in a position where there's enough money that you don't have to worry about it happening or things coming in. And so really the bottom line is on, on, right now, only 2% of the country makes over a hundred thousand, uh, r- roughly about uh 3% make like 60,000 or so. And 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 it's like ninety or eighty percent of the country makes under forty grand. Damn. And so that's a problem. And and especially since the one percent controls seventy six percent of America's wealth. We gotta figure out how we fit in the game and how we're gonna establish our own uh in our communities. Um in, in our community, we're the only community that when you walk into a store, you don't see your own kind. Yeah. 
And so that is the issue. So we need to start owning things and we need to start having, uh, again, maybe financial seminars and schools and community centers and different things. Uh, It's about education and not about school education. It's about living education, how to be a sound family or individual financially. Because if you're sound, then nothing can attack you. Because even in that situation I described, if you got enough insurance to cover the things you have, and if something happens, your income is replaced, you got that three to six months of income in place, you got whatever you need for your personal endeavors, and then you got your retirement money going, what can happen to your family financially? Mm-hmm. You're bulletproof. Okay. Okay. They can't see that, though. It, well, we got we got to beat that upside our head. Yeah, but gotta, it's mathematics. Yeah. It, it ain't personal, and, exactly. and we're too emotional when it comes to money. Money is not Ooh. emotional at all. It's not emotional, and so people who get emotional about money normally it, doesn't have any. Exactly, and that's why I say it has Trans, to be. I mean, but but okay, what is your what is your definition of being emotional? But we got the financial coach here, but you as you know. As a as a as a as a as the person that you are, what is your ideology about being emotional about money? You see people go up, go to, like get really high blood pressure about five dollars. Another person owing them five dollars, or, or just okay. just a small amount of money. Mm-hmm. You know, a small amount of money. It's that, a big deal. It's a very big deal. Because because think about that. With, let's use the five dollars. If you spent $5 seven days a week to eat lunch. Just $5, right? Uh-huh. Uh, I don't, what is five times seven? 35. Okay. So uh, you got $35 a week that you're spending, and you're only spending $5. So that in a, in a year is, what is that, 110 right? Cause I'm yeah, math is just not my thing. Not math, not your thing. You know all these these Anyways. numbers, devices. <laughs> they help me considerably. <laughs> thirty five <laughs> times fifty two. So. Uh, now the uh, thirty five uh, dollars times fifty two weeks right? times four. Because oh, okay, you're only four. gonna do it in a month. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so that gives you about a yeah, hundred bucks, hundred forty, yeah. right? Yeah, so a hundred and forty yeah. bucks. Yeah. But you got a hundred and forty bucks that you've been spending on food that lasts in your digestive system for six hours. Instead of saving that five dollars to the end of the month, investing that hundred something where it's getting twelve, fifteen, ten percent. Gotcha. You gotta be taught that. You oh, gotta be taught it that. It has to, but again, yeah. you have to be willing to listen. And, and you have then, to have discipline too. Well after the listening, then you have to acquire discipline. the discipline. Yeah. Because the thing is, we are a very undisciplined society. Yeah. We just do whatever. And we, now the new society, anything goes. Like, like you even, said about the insurance? Uh-huh. They have more insurance on their phones than they have on their lives. Well, which is absolutely ridiculous. Right. Yeah. And they'll have insurance on their phone, but they don't have insurance on their life. Uh, this is an example. Uh, if you had a toaster that basically popped out $2,000 on the 1st and the 15th, okay? Would you insure that toaster? Of course. Because that's $4,000 a month that's popping out of this magical deal. Yeah. And so if you would have insurance on a, on a make-believe toaster, 
Why wouldn't you have insurance on your income? Right. Wow. Right. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Because you would insure that toaster. Yeah. No question about it. But so, we don't think of us as that magic toaster. We don't value ourselves. We don't value our worth. Our worth. Got you. And it's about our net worth. You know, people look at their paycheck and they distribute it. But that ain't got nothing. You, What is your net worth? You're supposed to grow that. And how you grow your net worth is eliminate debt and acquire more assets. That's how you grow your net worth. And we do the total opposite. And what was I telling you tonight? What's that? On the way here. Yeah. Tell me. I want to live what? For free. Yeah. Or for other people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you, you, how you do that is you get the assets and you have other people working for you. Like you said, the businessman does. He can, oh, He's creating. Perfect. Yeah, he, he's, he's creating. He's getting the, the, the profit and having the workers fight over the 15%. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, and I was just telling him that on the way here tonight. Right. Yeah. And, and what's deep is that they don't even realize that they're only 15% of the worth of the, of the company. Exactly. And so they feel great about it because they may make 200000 a year. But 200000 a year is, is a minuscule yeah. amount, just like these NBA players. They're playing them $100 million. If they can pay them $100 million, you all, they have to have five to ten times more or they wouldn't give up that much. Right. Yeah. Right. And so it looks, it's a lot to the players, but it, it ain't nothing in the scheme of the game. Exactly. That and that's just why uh, a few years ago, Patrick Willis retired mm-hmm. from the linebacker for the 49ers in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And he went to, uh, out in, uh, what do they call it? The valley out there where they do all the- Silicon. Silicon, Silicon Valley. valley. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he said, he realized he was tearing up his body. And he realized that the guys that was cheering for him, and he went to a seminar one day, they will make him- Double the amount that he was making. Exactly. And they was just using their minds. He said they was having these great lunch breaks. <laughs> and he said they wasn't crashing into nobody going 16 miles per hour, <laughs> messing up their minds, you know what I mean? Right. And their bodies and breaking their legs, you know. He said he knew when he left there that he was going to retire from football within the next eight to 10 weeks. He just had to tell him how he was going to do it. Right. You right. see, that's what Chameleonaire did, right? Yeah. Chameleonaire went out there and they got involved with all the investments and stuff like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. And, 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 and it takes and, one or two, and then it, it, you get the ball rolling. You know, like uh, so many, we, we've been blinded by the flashing lights. We have. You know, yeah. The bright have. lights. Like you said, the consumerism. Uh, the the televisions, the, the, uh, the commercials, the, 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 the singing, the entertainment part of it. Mm-hmm. And we don't get the part that you can live just as well. But you just got to get presented the opportunity, opportunity by getting the information. Mm-hmm. Get the information. Get the discipline. And, start. Again, and knowing the value of worth. That's yeah. a good that's a good yeah. Well it is. Well knowing the it, value of worth. I mean it's, it's your a, net worth. Yeah. Yeah. Knowing value the value of your, of, net of your net worth, which shows your worth. Gotcha. Wow. And it truly shows your worth. So if if people don't know what their net worth is, you know they don't have a financial plan. Who do you look up to in the uh in the financial sector? 
Uh, Warren Buffett, and I was about to mention because he is uh, really reaching out to our community, actually. He, uh, he's uh, mentoring Jay-Z. He's mentoring uh, LeBron James. Uh-huh. And, and really what with the thing, that, and it was really, it really changed LeBron's life when Warren Buffett gave him some information that everybody in the financial arena knows. Because he sat down with him and he asked him a question. He said, LeBron, don't you have a lot of money? LeBron was like, absolutely, I got a lot of money. He said, so you're getting a, a contract for $900 million from Nike, right? Right. And he said, so if you have money, why do you need more money? And, of course, Jay-Z couldn't really answer that, right? Right. And so he said, so why don't you take your $900 million in Nike stock so it can pay you forever as opposed to running out the $900 million and you having zero? Because you already got cash. You don't need cash. So have it invested. And if you get the $900 million in Nike stock, one, you'll be a major contributor in Nike. And two, that money won't dry up because it's going to pay you forever as, or as long as that organization exists. Right. And that changed his whole psyche. Right. Jay-Z, too. That's the only reason why he's a billionaire now because he's, he's in the billionaire environment. And they're helping him be a billionaire. Okay. Um, who else you look look up to besides Warren Buffett? Um, Rob Johnson, uh, the one that uh, sold Jordan the team. Uh, Michael himself. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh, Oprah, I, I do respect Oprah, but just her views are a little different. Okay. Uh, but um, uh, I don't know if you all heard of Reginald Lewis. Have you ever heard of Reginald Lewis? Yep. Uh, that's one of my idols, actually, and he passed some time ago. But I don't know if you all know this. You know he, Reginald Lewis, right? He has a book. You, you remember Reginald Lewis, the the uh, fight promoter? Well, Bush no, Lewis. It, it's not. That's the Bush no, Lewis. this is uh, uh, Lewis that used to be the CEO for Beecher's Food. Right. right. Okay, now, okay, okay. Wrong person. I got, I got them too confused. Hey, right. Bush and Lewis. so this guy created corporate takeovers. Now, you would think that the business community did that. No, he did it. And uh-huh. the reason he did it is because he worked for Beatrice. He wasn't getting the money that he was supposed to get from it. And so he went out and got a group of people that purchased the majority stock of it. He gave them the money, had the contract, and then after they purchased it, they transferred the shares back to him. And he took it. That was the first corporate takeover ever in the history of America when he took over Beecher's food as a black man. And his book is called Why Does White Guys Always Have to Have All the Fun? Never heard of it. At, look it up. Yeah. Why does Reginald the white Lewis guys have- always have to have all the fun? He's on the front of the book with a cigar and, and making that statement. Reginald Lewis. I, I, don't, I got him confused with Butch, but I do. I have heard of that name and I did know about, I did hear about the whole Beatrice, I didn't know about Beatrice Foods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you look up to Reginald Lewis. Mm-hmm. Of course, Jordan, and and you said Oprah. Anybody else? Mm, in the financial arena, not necessarily. That that's that's pretty much it. And mentors that I know personally in my industry. What about you know, okay? Several, just real quick. This, mm-hmm. I, I just want to get through it real quick. Okay. When you see these commercials for Fidelity, mm-hmm. E Trade. Mm-hmm. 
Your thoughts? Uh, that, again, it's all shine and no substance. And so with E-Trade, again, you're trading stocks. If you don't have the knowledge to trade the stocks, you're probably not going to do too well at first. Now, if you keep doing it, you'll get better. But most people don't have enough money to wait until they get better as they invest because they lose as they're learning. How much you have to invest in the, in the stock, period? Actually, you can now on, on E-Trade, I think Scott Trade, you can buy one share. I mean, literally. So, you know, like Primerica stock is at about $126. So you can actually go on Scott Trade and buy that one stock. Of $126? Yeah. Marijuana stocks right now, your thoughts? Yeah, not really familiar with it. Uh but uh, I think it's a good thing. It's it's a growing industry, and so. But still, you need some financial coaching and somebody who's uh, familiar with penny stocks and different things, because that's what normally uh, companies start off in that arena, uh, and then they grow into a bigger company. And so you just need somebody who has the expertise. To, they'll tell you what stocks to pick, and then if you trust them, you go ahead and make the move and, and see how it works out. Uh, but with dealing with individual stocks is very risky. That's why we suggest that most families use mutual funds because mutual funds are diversified. Every fund has 75 to 300 companies you're investing in. So if one does good, the other one does bad, you still make out pretty good because they're both in your portfolio. Gotcha. Okay. Very informative. Uh, uh, Going to come back? Yeah, actually, anytime, man. Come I, back? I, I love educating the community. Uh, we do have to wake up as a community and stop funding everybody else's lifestyle and dreams and start funding our own. So uh, it's always uh, exciting to be able to share. Um, any final thoughts, Magic? Great episode for 200. Yeah. And, yeah, and uh, actually, and I'm fired up about that. It's not by coincidence that we keep having these financial uh, people on here. Mm-hmm. And then each one gets better and better. Yeah. And uh, I guess we're gonna have to keep listening to them, like a, like a favorite song. That's right. Got to start listening to them, and then taking heed to them, and putting it what we're hearing into work. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's just like uh, songs you hear, mm-hmm. <laughs> you learn the words. Right. You learn the choreography. You know, you learn all 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 of the uh, the uh, the riffs and the runs or whatever. Mm-hmm. Start doing it without financially, uh, financially our way, because I I, I think I, I, everybody like you say is benefiting in our neighborhoods off of us. That's right. And I noticed it the moment I walked into J and J Fish and I seen Arabs cooking right. fish. Absolutely. And that that used to burn me up so bad. Mm-hmm. And now they in the gas station. You got to point to them and tell them what you want, and they don't even. But they want our dollar. Right. You know. Exactly. Don't necessarily respect us when they come in. And, and at all. And things of that nature. So once we have. Uh, you know, that position, we're, we're better off. Yeah, we got to start and, getting our uh, own communities back with the game room stores and the candy stores exactly. and whatever we want to have. And those things. So those kids can come up like, the kids, they never seen those stores owned by us. Right. They think they actually think that the ARAB's been here first well, of, that the whole time. They can't position themselves to do it yeah. because they don't have an example of somebody doing it. Yeah. And in most most other nationalities, there's there's examples all over the place. Only thing they think we can do is be barbers and, uh, and grass cutters, like I guess. So. Right? Yeah, we yeah, gotta we end. gotta get we gotta get out of that that barbershop 
beauty shop. Um, well, it's okay. Car wash. But you need six or seven of them and not stop at one. Mm. See, it's about numbers. Yeah. Uh, Walmart is a perfect example. Um, Walmart normally has, from what, I, what I've, I've seen, they, they have about 2,500 employees in each building, right? Uh-huh. But now they got 46,000 buildings with the 2,400, I mean, 2,500 employees, which means the Waltons has eight hours from 46,000 stores with 2,500 people right. that they override. Right. And Damn. so any business that we have, see, people aren't confused to what an entrepreneur is self-employed in business. Because people tell me they're in business all the time. And I say, okay, so how many employees do you have? Or how many business partners do you have? And if they don't have any, you don't have a business. Because business generates income without you. Mm-hmm. I got it because I got 20, 20, 23 to 5 uh, licensed agents. And so I override as they do business. As a matter of fact, when I was on my way over here, I just uh, said that uh, one of my team members did a transaction. That made me $300 and I was driving here. And so people who have think they have businesses, if you don't have any employees or business partners that can make money while you're not there, you do not have a business. You're an entrepreneur or you're self-employed. Okay. And so people should really stop. If you don't have a business to generate an income without you, you do not have a business. So that's just misinformed. And that's why people use that term all the, oh, I'm in business for myself. And again, all you got to do is ask, well, how many people is rolling with you? And that's how you determine. I got uh, I got uh, three employees. Right. So that means you can leave and your store don't close, which means you have a business. Bombs! And with that being said, am I a one percenter yet? <laughs> 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 and on that note, go ahead, man. Magic Mike. Craig, is- Craig, Craig, I appreciate you coming. Yeah, very insightful. Um, very insightful. I think I'm gonna have to listen to this episode more than five times. Mm-hmm. I'm about to have my kids listen to the episode. Uh, uh the ba- the two babies that that you see mm-hmm. that come to chapter meeting and everything. Um, we're gonna have to do this again. Mm-hmm. And and even that, I come to people's houses and educate their kids too. I'll, I'll do the same kind. You can break it down to them and ex- everything. Absolutely, and we have a book called uh, Investments for Kids. Really? Because they have to start somewhere. Uh, they need to have an account in high school where they can have a card. What was funny when I went to college, I saw somebody with a with a debit card, and I asked them. I said, "Where'd you get that?" That I I could use that. They was like, it's it's in the bank. You just go to the bank and you go get it. Uh-huh. Wow. Right. And so I didn't know that. I was 18. Yeah. And that person said they've had their own credit card and bank account since they were 16. Yeah. And so we just gotta step up our game and educate our young people with things that we weren't educated about it, and we'll be on a whole nother level. Exactly. Well, we appreciate you. Absolutely. And I, again, I, I thank you for having me. You know, God bless you guys. And hopefully you have, you know, 200 more. With that being said, with everything Craig said tonight, if it is to be, it's to be up to me. So y'all That's take right. that and run with it. Uh, may y'all live 100 years minus a day. So I want to know the good people like y'all passed away. 
may you all live as long as you want, never want as long as you need. Get your finances in order. Quit bullshitting. Me and Jamal going to take some Patron shots for the 20 <laughs> show. Right. Yeah. I'm taking one too. Consumerism. <laughs> Reasonable English Podcast now. Anywhere where you hear podcasts, download, subscribe. Leave a comment. Share. Bombs!